When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of the Joe Rogan Experience Review. I'm Adam, joined as always by co-host Pete. What's cracking? Yeah, Adam, good to see you, brother. Yep, it's good to see you. Obviously the viewers don't get to see us. We don't do that wacky video podcasting nonsense. Maybe one day. Private guys, private guys we'll have to wear those those funny masks they used to wear in the middle ages oh yeah those some eyes wide shut ones might as well i don't i don't see why not keep our anonymity (laughs) good word all right who we got this week we got risk we got bobby lee we have diana walsh pasolka sounds polish and then mariana vanzella She's a brave lady. Wild. Is she South she's South African? She's good looking too. Um, I, I don't know what her accent from. is, actually. Shoot Magoo. Somebody should look that up. Let's look it up. Um, <laughs> so let's start out with Bobby. Now, Bobby Lee, legend, OG, comedian, been around since the mad TV days. Making fun of I don't know, was it? Who is Every Kim, Asian character. Who's Kim Jong-il's dad? Who is the uh, other uh, Kim Jong? Sung? No, wait. He just he died not too long ago. We should know his name. Yeah. Whoever he was in the 90s, yeah. Um, Bobby used to make fun of him a lot in skits, and they were great. Um, but what's interesting is as Bobby has got bigger in the podcast space and and just with comedy because of that, uh, all the people he knows and he goes on the podcast for have always just kind of, there's always been this talk about why isn't Bobby going on Rogan? And and Bobby talked about it a lot. Like, I don't know how to get on there. What's going on? Joe has said numerous times, like, I'd have him on whenever. So they kind of got that out of the way early. He's like, oh, I could just text you and ask. And Joe's like, yeah, duh. I don't have He's a scheduling for like guy. 25 years. Uh-huh. We've been friends forever, but it just kind of, it just says something about like how sweet Bobby is. Like he doesn't, you know, he doesn't presume anything. He definitely doesn't have that kind of ego, you know? Oh, he's such a big shot. He should go on there. He's just, I think he's always really looked up to Rogan as well. So he just kind of has that dynamic and it was great to have him on. He was, he was as fun as I knew he would be. He was hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah. I hope they do it more. I thought the chemistry between them two podcasting was actually brilliant. Of many of the comedians that have spoken to Joe and do podcasts with him on the regular, I I think I would tune in for for Bobby's every time. Theo's Same. like that for me. Anytime Theo's on Rogan, I've got to listen to it. They they just it's, a, it's not a chore at all. No. No, and there's often just some ridiculous gold that comes out of it. I mean, for real. Um, Bobby was talking early on about kind of falling off the wagon. I guess he's been on and off sober. Um, And he was smoking a lot of cigarettes, too. was like coughing up blood. 
I don't think it's unfair to say he does seem like a pretty unhealthy guy all around. Yeah. I th- Physically. Drinking I'm- that much. I think the blood is from the drinking. He said when he, you know, when someone says, I'm all, you know, I'm an addict, I think, okay, cocaine, meth, I think some pretty serious stuff. He's weed and alcohol, which, and you can take those to excess for sure. I, he, I think he, he took the alcohol way over the limit. Yeah. 24 I, hours a day when he's drinking. I've known some people that got so alcoholic-y that they were, they were coughing up some blood, vomiting some blood. Well, one of them I knew ended up passing away as many years ago now, but I knew him closely. And, um, yeah, he literally couldn't go to bed without drinking, like, you know, a freaking two-liter thing of some booze that he bought. And he was only a small guy. And and you know it's it's an unfair addiction in some ways because like obviously some people are more susceptible to being addicted to it and I do think that's relative. I don't think we all have the same level of addiction with each type of drug. I mean imagine if there was a switch where all of a sudden you were just twice as addicted to potentially to alcohol as you are now. Imagine how much harder that would be for you. Like it could get to a point where you're like I can't even touch it because I can't stop that type of thing. And the, my friend was definitely that way. And it, it, what was also kind of ironic about the whole situation is he had the worst hangovers always. The oh, worst. Shit. It's like, what? Not a, even one of those guys that can just get up and get on with it. Just powers through. And, you know, it just, ah, that's a, that's a nasty trap to be in for sure. And he was definitely stuck in there. But it sounds like Bobby's about, out the other side yeah. now. That's a good thing. a good thing. Yep, we want that. We approve. He's so sweet. He is. He really is. I mean, he's and he's so honest, too. Even talking about that time he was detoxing from pills on Mad TV and he shit himself. (laughs) (laughs) And the wardrobe had to come wipe him up. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's just so open. It's like he has no shame. And I don't even feel like he's pandering for the joke either. He's just like, this happened. This happened to me. Is that happening to you? Like, he has no concerns about, about that thing. Yeah, he's he airs it all. I've I've listened to his Tiger Belly podcast back when he had um his his wife on, or his ex wife on there, and um are they still doing that together? No, no, yeah. And what, he, what's her name he, like Michaela or something? I don't know. There, there's there's some wacky stuff with that bird, but I think she's doing a different podcast now. I I don't watch a lot of the controversy videos around youtubers online i just think that that's it's interesting if you're a fan of it all but it's a bit silly and it's like who's doing this these videos anyway it's like all right guys they they clip it for the for the soundbite right it's like the tmz they're all drumming up conspiracies about brendan schaub all the time um (laughs) kind of hilarious but he's a big target he really is he's easy to pick on for sure. Bobby, I used to see around the comedy store a lot when I was over there. He was always brilliant. Always brilliant. And his set. It's his set um is so polished. He's had it a long time. Like, you know, that's part of it. He hasn't put out a special with it, but it's it's so crisp. He has a lot of fun on stage. Um, he's very playful, like super kind of like you can tell, just relaxed, just in the moment uh played with the crowd a lot which is so fun and he hung out at the front bar outside often like he didn't hide away in the in the back i mean he he would get out chat with people uh you know i've had the chance to speak to him a couple of times and he will boss your balls immediately any chance you got he stood next to me once and didn't like how tall i was and he was just, he's just ripping me a new one. It was brilliant. He's so fast. I couldn't think of anything. And then I was like, ah, shit. I can't say anything to Bobby. Bobby. Like, Fuck. <laughs> and then you do say something, he might feel bad, then you'd feel bad. And then <laughs> that go from there. No, he, he would just come up with something better and just rip me again. I mean, he's a great guy. But, he, but he's exactly what you see. You know, whenever you see this part, he, that was how he, he always had like a goofy t-shirt on. Walked around with his little pot belly and just yeah, kind of a, always looked like in a good mood. Great dude, man. It, it was great, great to see him together. <laughs> Legend. Legend. Good old Bobby. That really it made my week to have him on, honestly. Uh, trying to get Joe into Star Trek. 
I thought it was an unusual angle. He was like, promise <laughs> me Joe's you'll resistant. watch that. Hey, Joe's like, I got shit to do. Okay? I'm busy. I'm not committing. Because if, if Joe commits to something, he's going to do it. Right? So he's he's not big in overcommitting, which is, which is reasonable. And uh, I actually have a lot of time in my hands this week, so I watched that episode. It was pretty good. It was all right, was but I, and I and I kind of like I liked the next generation. I was a fan of it. I thought I saw them all. I hadn't seen this one, and it was uh, it was all right. It was, uh, I, I queued it up, and I was about I, I put on the first few seconds, and uh, you know it's one of those where they're not in space, so isn't that right? Isn't yeah? He's is just on the planet. DraftKings Casino is bringing you only the best. Classics like blackjack, roulette, and slots, plus exclusive games you won't find anywhere else. My favorite game is blackjack because even I can count to 21. Download the DraftKings Casino app now and use code JRER. New players get instant deposit match up to $100 in casino credits when you deposit $5 or more. That's code JRER, only on DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or visit www.1800gambler.net. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly. 21 plus. Physically present in Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia only. Void in Ontario. Eligibility and other restrictions apply. One per new customer. Must opt in and make minimum $5 deposit within 7 days, 168 hours, of registering new account. Max match the $100 casino credits which require one-time playthrough with 7 days, 168 hours. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash new player offer 2024. I've always not been a fan of those ones. I want the ones where they're in space battling Klingons, mm-hmm. kissing the, green chicks. But the the story arc was cool because it was, in a sense, more like a kind of a, like a Twilight Zone than a than a Star Trek. Because gotcha. he was like zapped in by this beam, and then he, he like like basically lived a different life for a long time that wasn't even real. So it's it's kind of like simulation theory type stuff going on that, and that was. That was what kind of made it interesting, but man, he was he was convinced that it's the, the greatest thing, thing of all time, and <laughs> he could get Rogan into into Star Trek that way. Nice try, Bobby. Nice try. We'll see. I liked, uh, you know, hearing Rogan giving Bobby some some kind of life advice. You know, I feel like Joe always plays that role with people, and especially other comedians. You know, he didn't hit him hard with like, hey, you should work out and get real healthy and do jujitsu. I think that's probably a big push with Bobby. But it was nice to hear him like or Bobby being open to listening about, hey, how could I improve my writing? Or, like, you know what I should do is get up an hour each day and write a little bit. And Joe kind of gave his process on that. And I, I just feel like since Bobby got out of the relationship that he was in for a long time and... His stand-up is really picking up now because he's so well-known from the podcast um, that he's got this audience and just a a new fire under him. He's making some good money. Um, I don't know. What were your thoughts? It sounded like there was a good chance he's going to move to Austin, but it's hard to say. He's got his shell. He's got a shell that he's got, his area of comfortability. And uh, that's my impression is what he, he he probably won't because he's real comfortable. Yeah. And comfortability, I think, is his drug of choice. It might be true. But I think that he really does miss the energy and the environment of what the comedy store used to be. And they haven't been able to replicate that yet. And for these guys, that might be a drug that's too addictive to say no to. Like as... Rogan keeps making the st- the comedy mothership that place. I mean, it looks like Theo's going to be out there soon. I mean, basically what Rogan has done is he's taken all the best elements of the comedy store, none of the people he didn't really care for that much, and got everyone that he loved chilling and hanging out with over at his place. So yeah. it's it's going to be hard for those guys that enjoyed it there to to say no to it. He sh- he should go. It's it's uh, it's probably the right choice for him. Yeah, and I I didn't know that. And Polly Shore is thinking about it too. 
And and I just watched a thing on Sam Kin- Sam Kinison last night because mm-hmm. I I didn't know all all about him that I needed to. It was a great YouTube documentary, and I didn't know Polly Shore was the son of Mitzi. Yeah, the, the lady that made the whole the whole scene over there. Dude, it's really cool. Like Polly grew up there. I did not know that. And and th- this is a big part of Polly's story, and that you know, there's always just been. I don't want to say a chip on his shoulder, but you know he got—he was just in that world of L.A. and these famous comedians and being around them. Then he gets into the movies, and his mom wouldn't give him much stage time. Stage time was just always like, "You're not ready. You're not funny. You're not ready," and you know put a lot of pressure on him. Like he, if he was to get up there, it had to be because he was good. You know, she put pressure on everyone, but a lot of times that turned you into gold. Um, and, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's part of, part of why his just like wacky upbringing is, is what makes a Polly Shaw. And recently, like Joe has been saying is like, Polly's really loosening up. He's relaxing. He's coming into his own and like really being funny and having a good time. Like, uh, I think Polly always feels a lot of pressure when he's at the comedy store to be good the the scene there didn't seem like it it uh it um there's a piece of it that is you gotta have a shell to work around all those um hollywood types because it seems like they act a way that doesn't reflect how they actually are they want to be cool and chill but in reality they want to be seen as cool and they don't want to be seen with anybody who's not cool and if you're not part of the cultural elite in some way they're um then then they won't give you the time of day texas is a bit different yeah yeah i mean that's very much like the la kind of acting world environment and it always has been and it still will be the comedy store was slightly isolated from that but you know when when paulie was growing up i mean he was there in the 80s and the 90s when it was more cutthroat at the store so he okay. was kind of learning that environment in a different way. Um, obviously, in the 2000s, 2010 is where it was like, um, in a lot of ways, more recently peaking. And that was when Rogan was there, Full Force, like a lot of the newer comedians now that are big. Um, you know, it, was, it was a more friendly environment because that was like the podcast world. They were, they were encouraging, supporting each other. Um, and... I, I don't know if, if Polly fully embraced that. Um, you know, obviously I'm speaking you, out of turn, but this is like kind of the feel that I got. I wonder how much she had to deal with the whole like, oh, you want the part? Why don't you meet me in my trailer kind of thing? I wonder <laughs> if Polly had some of that with some of those big time producers, like uh, the sexual unsafe n- nature of all that stuff. Oh, God, who knows? I mean, we, you know, that shit was just so rampant and so fucked up and, and probably still to some degree happening, you know, it's just, there are gatekeepers that Bobby did mention that there's gatekeepers. Yeah. They're probably just more subtle now. They're more careful. They're having you sign, you know, an NDR or whatever it's called. And NDA, NDA, that's it. Agreement, non-disclosure agreement. Mm Mm-hmm. Or just being far more careful with it, but there's just going to be creeps always. Like just because you put more rigorous standards in the direction of creeps, it's like those creeps like power. They're going to go to power jobs, and then they're going to find their own clever way to get what they want. It's kind of a gross world like that in in the Hollywoody. Um, let's finish the, up the, with the halls of power. Yeah, it's always the it's always the power, dude. I mean, what do they say? It corrupts, always corrupts. It's... Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Well, anyway, Bobby should move to Austin. That's my that's my feel. Let's let's yeah. just pack that whole deck over there. I think he'd have a great time. He could be podcasting with everyone. Obviously, Santino needs to get out there. Joe thinks that. He's uh, too much of a nerd for acting, wants to do it too much, so he won't move. But, you know, he can still get acting jobs and fly back or have two homes and do it that way. I mean, 
He's got the he's got the money. Yeah, they, they these guys got some money. They got some money, but I loved it. I want to see Bobby back on. I want to see him on more, and I'm um, looking forward to it. Can't wait. And I guess he's got a movie coming out. Oh yeah, well he only has a small part in it. He talked about it for a minute, but uh, yeah, he's often popping up in shows, dude. He's in quite a lot. Yeah, he likes to act. He represents the Asians well. They need him. Hilarious. He's hilarious in uh, the Dictator with Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, I don't remember he plays him the in chi- that. He plays the Chinese uh, representative, and uh, oh, brilliant! It's. I gotta go back and check a, that out. Check it out. I I recommend the Dictator. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's a cute movie. All right, let's jump over to Diana Walsh Pasolka, um, professor of religion. Also studies the abduction UFO phenomena. Somehow saw like a correlation between the two, which I think is fascinating. I'm like, ah, what an interesting direction to take. You would have thought that you know she'd be mentioning that at the university and somebody just steps in and goes nah one or the other what's going on here but i guess i like the car really those two things are just not that controversial right it would probably be more controversial if she came out and was like i'm not really that woke they're like oh now you've crossed the line if you were talking ufos and religion we're into it but Aren't aliens uh, non-binary anyway? Seems like kind of a shoe-in for this new ideology. That's a good point. They probably are pretty woke. I would They're very imagine. smooth down there. They're very smooth. Yeah, like, like almost nobody has been abducted by aliens and drawn an alien with a ginormous hog. <laughs> Not even just one guy. Never. No. Whenever they're getting probed with like some device, it's never with a good old-fashioned organic hog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be kind of ironic if like there was an abductee that drew it that way that was his total recall of the event and he was the only one telling the truth just dismissed immediately because he just drew a giant hog we we uh, all i'm saying is be open to the idea be open to it you never might have one you never know so basically she's she was pulling on the idea that well let's talk a little bit about diana first um she she spoke in an interesting way, almost a little kind of autistic-y sounding. I don't want to throw that on her. It's not really fair. But she was very, hmm, very serious. Professory. Very professor-y, but also kind of like slightly robotic-y sounding as well. And um, a lot of passion in there. Got to love that. But was noticing that with these like religious texts because she studied a lot of kind of ancient religious texts she was seeing parallels between stories of more modern abductions and ufo abduction cases and that's kind of fascinating to pull together i think and and i wonder i wonder what that means i mean is it that you know what's being said there like is religion coming from ufo abductions and ufo encounters i mean they would look like gods yeah or a or god I or guess angels i liked or... i liked the the i think it was towards the middle to the toward the end maybe of the, the their podcast where joe is talking about the pineal gland once uh-huh. again yep where dmt comes from and then all the all the pineal imagery in the catholic church all the pine cones and whatnot. Yeah. Pineal meaning pine, pineal gland. We have like a pine cone shaped gland in our brain where the DMT is made. So if they realize that that is where the DMT comes from. And when you are on DMT, you see all these godlike geometrically shaped critters, you know, big, big eyed um, individuals, you know, that are cosmically associated. Mm-hmm. I, and that kind of brings it right back around to the God thing the, and, yeah. the, and the alien abduction thing. And it's at night when we're making DMT in our bodies. So if we make DMT in our bodies, we see these godlike images there and there's all, and there's kind of some sameness to everybody's story in regards to what they see. Maybe it's because they're producing more DMT at that moment or how, that definitely seems like a lot we don't know about this. 
and and there seems to be connections within religion that are, are kind of downplayed. They're not allowed to be made. You know, like the role of maybe psilocybin and the mushrooms and that whole kind of area of study. Um, and and what psychedelics meant to the early religion. I mean, look, the Catholic Church has been gathering up all the ancient scrolls and information, and uh, they've been powerful for a long time. They still are now. They had way more power, in a sense, back in the day. I mean, they hundreds did. of years ago, nobody could mess with them. If they wanted uh, something— They were the most powerful entity. They got it, right? They had a 100%. lot of scientists, a lot of researchers, a lot of ability to, like— gather up all the ancient texts. So who knows what they have in their vaults? I bet they yeah. have things that blow the minds of people today that have access to it. And they're like, we can't let this out. Look at what this one says. Yeah, she had access to the the, the um, Vatican's um, Skylab, you know, astronomy laboratory. Right. And they, and they had a lot of... They put a lot of text together for them to look at. She had free reign, but she doesn't have free reign to the basement. Yeah. She does not have free reign to all those controversial, troublesome texts. Dude, they might have a UFO down there that they've been hiding. Have you seen those ancient, or not ancient, but have you seen those medieval drawings where there are people in UFOs in the skies? Yeah, they yeah, have, they, in, the, in the paintings. Yeah, there's, there's like two or three really famous ones. Mm-hmm. And the... If you look at those from like a outsider view, those are astronauts. Those are, and even in Ezekiel, they describe that the the um, angels, and it it sounds like a UFO talking to somebody. Right. Yeah, it's like they just decided to not, like I don't know. They just were like this this. They they just pass it off as nothing. They're just like, oh, that's right. just part of the picture. That's an angel. It's like it 100% looks like a flying saucer. What are you talking about? It's aberrant data. And as humans, we we take the data we can make sense of and we, we like that. And all this, all the data we can't make sense of, we call it aberrant. And that does not get a part in, included in our equations. Well, it's easy to gaslight people, honestly. You know, unless oh, you're yeah. under real cross-examination, it's easy to gaslight people. You know, like you can do it with yeah. anyone. Like you've had it before. Your friend shows up to your house like an hour and a half late and you just show him on Instagram down at the pub, uh, down at the bar, hanging out with some of your other friends that maybe you're having a falling out with so he didn't want to mention it. And you're just like, where were you, dude? Oh, it's just at home. I was late. I had to run an errand. And then you're like, yeah. dude, I saw you at that place. And then they just, they, they lay down some gaslighting for a few minutes and you can't even be bothered. That's all the Catholic Church has had to do. Exactly. It's easier to just say, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're right." What am I thinking? You're right. I'm, I'm crazy. But there's, but there's a bit of a clue there, though. I think because it looks so much like UFOs that some of the people there that you, I imagine, people have had access to talk to, would ask them. And if they were, if there wasn't a like an effort to keep it quiet, a few of those priests would be like, "Yeah, that is weird. That does look a lot like a UFO." If they weren't hiding it, they would just say, oh, it's probably not, obviously, because I don't believe in aliens, but that looks a lot like that. Never happens. It, it's Let's interview some priests. Is, Let's find out. <laughs> Let's call them up. The, um, it, the, the, this podcast and the next one is just a lot of evidence that this world is not boring. We have <laughs> a lot to do here. It's It's fun out there. It's crazy. If you're bored, you're not looking around enough. That That is true. Talking about that, Joe mentioned lucid dreaming a little bit and how even though it sounds fascinating, he has had no interest in delving into what that is. And I wanted to ask, have you ever had a lucid dream? Like um, access I, that yeah, world? Yeah, I've had some really fun dreams. Um, <laughs> I've had some flying dreams pretty often. It's pretty um, good. But lucid, like where I'm, uh, you know, or, you know, I, I think I need a hot air balloon in this dream, and then it just happens. No, uh, basically, say, lucid is when you realize for sure something happens, and you realize you are dreaming, and it does something in the dream to where it 
kind of snaps you into this very strangely conscious place to where you're not just blindly following whatever the narrative is, like we often or pretty much always do with dreams. You know, no matter how weird they are, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess I can ride a giant rabbit to work today. And you're just doing your thing. You're more concerned about being late for work than you are, like, how you got there or that pigs can drive buses. It's just like things happen. But when you get lucid, it's very clear to you that you're dreaming. You're not in your regular place and, you know, and then there is an element that follows of control, of manipulation of your environment. Um, I think I've had the second part of that before I've had the first part of that. I, when I do realize that I'm dreaming, it's generally like Joe said, I wake up. Yeah, and but that's, I have had that's common with it too. Um, that's pretty common when people fly in a lucid dream. They wake themselves up. So there's certain um, techniques to kind of keep yourself in that state. There's a really interesting book I had and I think it's just called The Power of Lucid Dreaming. And it's from, written by, uh, I believe it's a Stanford professor. I forget his name, but he was the first person to get a PhD in lucid dreaming. So there was a science department and like a sleep specialist studies department that kind of um, designed the PhD around his work. And then he would do studies on people that experienced this, basically wrote a book to help you become lucid. And uh, by reading it, and it's quite a long book, it, it, it's pretty thick, but uh, they had all these different techniques in there. And you actually can train yourself. Uh, I don't know if it works for everyone. In the book, they claim it's a very high rate of people that practice this, that become uh, able to lucid dream. And for me, I had almost zero dream recall. I still kind of do. I very, very rarely remember my dreams. So we're not actually good candidates. People that are like that are not great candidates. But you can do things to even get better at that, like journaling in the morning. And eventually you just start kicking your memory into gear to like be able to write them down. It's a, it's a very strange event that takes place. And to think that's in all of us, the capacity of all of us uh, to do every night is, is odd. It's very strange. It must have something to do with our chemical composition, of course. So maybe I've noticed my best, most vivid dreams are in a period of uh, detoxing from um, cannabis and alcohol. Mm. So if I'm, I'm off, if I'm off those two fun ones, um, maybe for like a couple of days, my dreams become credible. I've heard and, that. Um, I've heard that yeah. from people that quit um, weed or do like a sober October. They get very vivid dreams, you know, especially if you're an I habitual smoker. And on that note, I like them. I like those dreams, but I have some very close friends. One in particular that his he has has his demons awakened when he's dreaming. He he lives a very nice life and with a loving family, but when he goes to sleep, he would rather not dream because it is all the bad things. Oh, for wow. me, it's all the good. It's all the good things. I'm having the best time in my dreams. Hmm. So I wouldn't trade him for the world. Some people don't want to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, I can believe that that is very true. Uh, the few that I ever remember, and uh, like they're always just weird. I I don't f feel any sort of way in them. I'm not usually very scared. Um, I've had scarier dreams when I was a kid. I'm not usually very scared. I'm just kind of like doing some things that are like not even that interesting, but very strange events are going on around me. And I always feel a little disappointed in the morning that I didn't realize it was a dream. I'm just like, how like did I not... When that person had like two heads or whatever, or like people would... I had this one one time where people could walk off of these buildings and they would just change the gravity. Instead of walking on the top, you just walk on the side and it was completely normal. I didn't question a thing. I was more concerned about where I was going. And I'm like, am I that clueless in regular life? Like, I'm, not, I'm just not paying attention to what's going on. That's kind of how it makes me feel. But there we go. Be careful out there. That's lucid dreaming. What about those top secret meetings she went to where they blindfolded her and drove her out to the desert and then they found all those That's... alloy metals that they couldn't identify? I never know what to do with those stories. You know what? We got to sort of take it for 
what you know look at her motivations look at her data take the story at face value and there you go there's multiple instances of people finding this of these metals in in new mexico and across the world there there are some so if you if you look at her work juxtaposed against other people's work in the same area you could say this is probably it happened and they maybe have found some meta meta materials but surely if somebody had a sheet of metal like it always sounds like little scraps like tiny little beads of stuff but okay you've got a you've got a one foot by one foot piece of some alloy and there we go you just take that to some like the top metallurgy scientists in the world and each one of them gets to test it and then you just get the info back and they're like yeah nobody on this earth made this do we have that think, yet uh i think that's probably included in her research Ooh. We'll, ha we'll have to get her book all right i'm into and it we'll come back to that one i did like the term pencils up because again we're always talking about how can you keep the conspiracy of aliens quiet it's like too big of a one over too long of a time. Someone's going to come out. Really, we have like Bob Lazar, maybe a couple of other people. Bob's kind of like one of the more credible people that worked on, you know, kind of reverse engineering this stuff. But it's like surely more documents would come out. Uh, Edward Snowden even, one of the more disappointing things he ever said was when he had access to all that information – he was like, one thing I did not ever see traces of was talk about aliens or UFOs. So the term pencils up, she's saying, is more an oral tradition. So they just yeah. didn't write anything down. This is how they orchestrated those meetings since day one. Now, you would wonder how that would even be possible with advanced technology. Like, if you're trying to reverse engineer shit, you got to be writing some stuff down. You can't just be telling people about it. But... It does add to the case of why it's hard for this to be more exposed. There's no uh, proof. I right? guess it's just stories. I guess if you're if you're wondering how that can be kept secret in writing, our government has been known to kill people. It has been known to ruin lives. It has been known to put drugs on people. It, it gaslights the country, mm -hmm. and it ruins individuals. To be sure. So that's one way we could keep it quiet. Another way is not, not write it down. There's and also there's I am don't trust our government. They have the ability and the motivation to keep this stuff secret. They're good at it. They are. They are good at that. They're just good at that stuff. Yeah. Look at the Dru the druids were only alive, you know, I guess up until uh what is his name? Julius Caesar. When conquered, conquered England, right? Right. And we, and the Druids were the ruling party, the the monastic ruling class, and we have no idea what they worshipped, how they worshipped, what they did, their technology, their their stories were all oral as well. Right. Did they build the Stonehenge? That uh, maybe, yeah. The Stonehenge isn't isn't all that old, so yeah, they probably did build that Stonehenge. That's yep. just one of thousands of hinges around. That England is true. That is true. It's an impressive one. But again, we don't know. We don't know how they did it. So, yeah, that's the problem with oral traditions. Write it down. Help us out. And we're even we're even now scared. we can write it down. We They're just changing the narrative. So who even knows how useful that is, honestly. Also, you write it down and you put it in a clay pot and you put it in a cave in the, in the Dead Sea. And only by accident does some little... Um, Muslim kid find it. That's it. And then the, the Vatican steals it. And the Vatican steals it and hides the information because it's problematic. Yeah. It was like... There actually, there's one of those scrolls that um, talks about Jesus as a space traveler. Ooh, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. I think it's the not the Doubting Thomas scroll, but there is a scroll where um, Jesus is a traveler from a distant land. And... Um, it's uh, one of my favorite authors, Christopher Hitchens, talks about that. Yeah, he's the best. Well, we may never know, but keep exploring. Keep asking these questions. The truth is out there. I like it. God, The X-Files was a good show. All right. Oh, let's and they, I guess, go on. They, sorry, they, they filmed one, uh, one of 
the episodes, if you might, she, they, she was asked, do you think it looks familiar out here? And she says, yeah, kind of. And and then she was let know that they filmed an episode of X-Files on that site. Oh, where those, genius. Uh, where those medals are found. Well, you know the people that made that show were big fans into it. And, oh, yeah. you know, probably as more UFO nerds love that show, they were probably sending the directors and people that wrote episodes all sorts of stories that they could go into. That was a brilliant show. One of my favorites. Oh, Scully. Well, well what done. a hottie. She was. That, that, that changed my opinion about redheads. Now I'm hooked. <laughs> all right, let's jump over to Mariana Vanzella. Wow, bless this lady and everything she does for journalism. Um, no fear I, in this woman. No yeah, fear. I, I, I couldn't imagine doing some of the investigative journalism that she's done. It just sounds so dangerous. I remember watching Traffic when she went into the jungle with the people that made the cocaine. And, you know, even watching the show, I was just like, at any minute, they could be like, you know what? This is probably a bad idea. She's filming all this. She would just, like, cut her head off. And obviously, it doesn't happen. Um, maybe she's just, like, really good when she's in front of these people. Um, and I, I mean, she's done it so many times now in front of these dangerous people, but there's a reason that world isn't out there and they don't want it, that story told, or you wouldn't imagine they would. Oh, it was just 20 years ago or that they, those cartel, those folks were just killing everybody. Mm -hmm. They were the ruling, the ruling party in Colombia, and I'm sure they still rule Colombia yeah. with money. We probably the just the their kids are now all the parliamentary positions. No wonder why that place is a little rough around the edges. Oh, it can be. It's um, it's it's a it's a shame, really. But the um, what what I liked about I, she has to have insiders, people with inside information, right. to get this stuff. Yeah, and you, you got to have someone key. that can give you kind of like a foot in the door, and then give you a bit of credibility. Um, I think a big part of her credibility now seems that, you know, she's investigated so many of these types of stories that ultimately it's not like leading to all of these people's arrests and it's not shutting down all these operations. So if anything, that's kind of a selling point. It's like, yeah. um, you know, let people know in the world the kind of what you're up to. You don't have to put your name on this, but how does all this work? I mean... There's an incredible interest out there, and people like to tell their story too, even criminals. True. Oh yeah, and maybe even more so. They they like they do it for notoriety many times. Mm -hmm. and how how else do you get notoriety? You tell your story. Hundred percent. She's actually Portuguese. Oh bless her. Yeah, she's Portuguese, and um, she's one of the rare cute ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true to say. I bet there's a lot of hotties in Portugal. Uh, just I'm having I'm, I'm I'm having I'm on one over here. Oh, you're on one. You're on one. I might be going there for Christmas actually. Yeah, maybe I'll just maybe I'll see you there. Yeah, come on over. I'm doing it mostly because it's so difficult to get my British family out to the U.S. because tickets are so expensive. But they can fly down to Portugal pretty cheap for like fifty bucks from England. That's incredible. Yeah, and I was like, well, as much as I love england i don't want to go there for christmas it's too damn rainy just ever again or <laughs> i'll go there again i don't hate the place it just rains a lot well i think i need to go there i need to explore my ancestral roots connect with the land you know oh you got a bit of a portuguese in you oh no england oh england that makes more sense that makes more sense yeah get over there come with us but, um, oh, so many of the U.S. mines, so I guess she was saying that the U.S. used to control a lot of mines in the world for all the rare earth minerals that now we're using for everything from smartphones to um, electric cars and all the rest of it, probably making computers and, you know, everything else you use them for. But we sold a lot of them to China. Oh, and that's a bad choice. Bad move. Well, I've the got a feeling... Money. No, I've got a feeling that we did it because of the mining practices involved that we didn't uh, want to be super tied to. Because there's like a oh, that makes sense. 
like the cobalt mining, for example, there's like a bit of a slavery aspect to this. I say a bit of one, I mean a lot of one. And the whole thing. If we can remove ourselves, I say we, but the U.S. government can remove themselves from a few steps, you know, to where it's getting mined, shipped off to somewhere, processed, turned into blocks, and then we buy it. We don't look as bad, but Our ultimately, hands are clean. I mean, can you really say that though? Especially if you know all the way down to the mine part. It's but th but this is what it seems like. So. Ultimately, she's saying, what does that mean for us now? Like, these rare earth minerals are mostly in the hands of China. We need a lot of them. I mean, I don't know. If they decide to just be like, you're not having any. I don't know if they can yeah. afford to say things like that to us, but maybe one day. We I mean, why wouldn't they? They would just lose a part of their in in income. They could still sell to every other country i've got a feeling though that the u.s is like the biggest buyer of goods and services in the world like oh yeah totally most yeah. countries wouldn't be able to afford to not do business with us i mean we're like in the middle of funding ukraine and paying for f to like fight against them the russians and i'm pretty sure we're still buying that oil the whole time oh uh, the oil russian oil mm-hmm <laughs> We we have no business uh, choosing the higher ground on that one. We we are our hands are covered in blood money. It's slippery though. If you look at it, if you look at nations like a corporation, right? Because basically, it's kind of the same thing. You could almost look at religions that way. I mean, America is the the U.S. government is the largest corporation that ever came into existence, the biggest yep. company that ever existed. How could you even get there without doing some shady shit? You've just got your hands in too many pies. I'm not giving it an excuse, but it's just inevitable. Um, yeah, I need an we, answer. I need an answer uh, right now. I can't fix it. I need uh. to know you represent the country. God damn it, Pete. You're a terrible ambassador. I'll tell you that much. I'll be an ambassador like Uruguay. That's all... <laughs> One of those countries have, that just has skiing and no war, like, what is it, Switzerland? I guess, what, Italy? I, they have Alps. I think the Swedes are, are not big into war. They've been pretty neutral forever. Yeah, and, and like Canada, they're protected by the larger powers. So mm -hmm. they, can afford to be, they can afford to be as left as they want. Super because woke. Because they, they, got, they got strong arms protecting them. Bless. Well, the, I, Joe Joe mentions about how he doesn't like gold. Why why do we love gold so much as a world? Um, it has always been a commodity and a currency. Yeah, well, even it's, back until the Mayan times, and way before. It it's not the most expensive metal though, right? Isn't like platinum um, more well, expensive? So gold, there are there are I think six metals that are. Um, that do not like degrade and they are very um, stable. Mm -hmm. That and we use those for currency: gold, silver, platinum, rhodium, palladium, bronze. And no, <laughs> no, bronze doesn't corrode either. But it is also well, bronze corrodes, but it is not considered a currency because it's the nature of the atoms, the metal. Gold Dude, is bronze for... is the third medal of the Olympics. Okay, oh, I rest oh. my case. <laughs> That's uh, the one. It's the one that uh, that you that you're still proud about getting, but you don't have on your mantle. You just yeah, a bit sad about it. Unless oh, unless you were coming in seventh place, and then you're like, hey, not bad, right? Bronze. Nobody third. saw that coming. Yeah, I mean, gold is well, and it's because of it, it has very unique properties. I know that. So for like um, circuit boards and things, like you really can't use any other type of metal. Like it's very yeah, useful. A mechanically for a lot of things um and and it's very finite until they find a way like we can make gold but we have to put so much energy into it that it's that it costs more but if we ever we came up actually... with yeah we can do legitimate alchemy now we can make all of the elements out of different elements it's just more expensive than it would be to just purchase the elements 
So they're, they're, so the that would completely metals. destroy the gold market, though, if ever we came up with a power system that was just so much power for so cheap. Because all they would do is just make machines that could make gold. Until the gold was then worthless, and then... Which is what diamonds are, essentially worthless. We can make diamonds now, but it is just still such a part of our culture. We like diamonds for beauty and lasting that people still buy them. But we can make, we can make jewelry-grade diamonds in a lab in, in a, a short amount of time. Yeah, Joe, looks- Joe was talking about that. He was saying to, to uh, Mariana that, yeah, we can do that. People still like the... The ones from the earth, though, they feel like the the synthetic ones aren't, you know, as there, there isn't romantic. like a romantic. But that's that's all that's all fucking Debez, um, you know, propaganda and marketing. Those Dutch sons of bitches. There's only two things I don't like in this world. People who are insensitive of other people's cultures and the Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue with that. The- there's a chem- there's a chemical reason why gold is so popular, and you ask a chemist and he'll tell you they are the noble metals, the metallic element that resists oxidation, corrosion, and even at high temperatures. That's why we need it and like it so much. It's pretty good, but they there's just ruthenium. not that much of it. Let me read you these ones. Oh, go ahead. Ruthen- r- ruthenium, rhodium, palladium, silver, osmium, iridium, platinum, and gold. Those are the expensive ones. Those are the ones we we that are integral for processing in our computers. That it moisture will. You can't have silver, even though it's a great conductor, because it oxidizes at the drop of a hat. Oh yeah. Gold, platinum, rhodium are the, they they don't oxidize. Okay. And then you don't really want like the rings and things, and never twenty four carat, right? Which is the most carats. That's like the purest, because gold starts to get a bit soft. So you want to add it, it some wear, other yeah. things. It wears in. away. Mm-hmm. It, very, it wears away quite uh, rapidly. Malleable. Even silver is really malleable unless it's uh, alloyed. Well, here's a fun fact. You know the coins have those little lines on the outside all the way around? Uh-huh. And they were there because originally coins were gold coins or silver coins, and people would shave them mm-hmm. and just take little bits of gold and silver off the coins they had you know, then spend the coins, but eventually be collecting up gold and silver. You yep. you have enough coins passed through your business or whatever, you could probably collect a decent amount. But the coins were all getting smaller, so they had to put those lines on to be like, is somebody shaved this coin? And we keep it today because it's just part of the design, I guess. Yeah, it's decoration. And any decoration on a coin is for the same purpose. And thank goodness we they did that because we can now date funerals, shipwrecks, and mm-hmm. all kinds of cool stuff, archaeology with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to find a shipwreck. I, I wonder how much gold has been sunk in shipwrecks. Oh, tons, tons and tons and tons, from, especially from the, the, the rape of South America by the Spanish. Maybe that's part of Elon's plan with all these satellites. He's like, yeah, I'm just making internet, really just scanning for shipwrecks. He's just a pirate. He's, he's, a, he's pirate actually a lover. pirate. He's a pirate lover. He read a couple of books, and he's like, I'm pretty rich. I could do this. I could find all that shit. Pirate lover, similar but different from pirate hooker. That's a good point, yeah. It's an important distinction. Let's jump over to Less black smelly. market stuff. This is what kind of blew my mind on there. They said half of all money is either black market or gray money black or gray money gray money is not as horrible sounding as you would think it's just mostly like cash exchanges things under the table basically you know um black market is not good mostly illegal stuff but that's half of the world's economy so imagine how powerful that is it's like with all the things that we have the irs the legal system like fbi investigative services Half of the economy is still completely illegal and out of their grasp. So that's a, that's a power struggle. Like money is like the thing that drives it all. So there's a lot of power on the back end of this. Have you heard about the thing where uh, our currency in the United States, our, our paper money, 
more than half of it is not in the United States. It gets it's used as other countries uh reserve stock of money. No shit. They had this, they people hoard uh hundred dollar bills in other countries because the US dollar is uh relatively more stable than whatever whatever they have. Huh. So the paper that's the thing that mon- happens. That could make sense. I mean, look, how often are you yourself dealing with paper money? Like, I don't do it that much. Like, I'll, I'll probably keep a couple of hundred bucks around my house, maybe a 20 in my car for, like, times when, you know, you go somewhere and they don't have, you know, maybe you can't use a card. It just doesn't come up a that tip. much. A tip. Tips are, yeah, that's about the only reason I have any cash is, like, I like to throw a cash tip down. Right. But it's but it's never a, a hundred. The, the amount of $100 bills made does not reflect how their amount of $100 bills in our circulation. And it's, it's because they're, it's in a good for, point. they're in foreign countries. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be interested to look at how much of my spending percentage-wise is paper money compared to just debit credit cards. But it it's probably less than 5%, I would imagine. Same here. Yeah, you're not paying your rent with with a, you know bunch of hundreds uh, i think anymore. if you went to do it they'd look at you funny they'd be like what is <laughs> <Not> this <anymore. laughs> what does this guy do for work not since i went above the board i'm on the books you know oh you're on the books now are you i'm on the books i am yeah. well Sadly. also you can buy a lot of exotic animals which is kind of fucked up you buy a gorilla for half a million i don't know why anyone would take that on i feel like they would eat so much that would be a just a very expensive thing to have you got to get two. They're going to get lonely. How fun are they anyway? I would be too scared of it to have any fun with it. It might be cool to teach them sign language. I would teach it. I would have it teach me gorilla style jujitsu. Well, I don't know. Like one years old, dude, they could just pull you in half probably. Maybe two. That legends say that's how Khabibi got so good. Oh, no, that was a bear. That was a bear, wasn't yeah. it? And his name is Habib, dude. Habibi. Habibi, that's a that's a different thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's don't <laughs> no. Wrong. Habib. Mm-hmm. And then I guess um she was saying one of the areas where you can get like chimps from, so they they sell chimps too, and, and people in Africa will send out the pygmies because they're often displaced from their home and put in pretty bad positions situations yeah. and kind of forced to go get chimps they end up killing a lot of the chimps to get a baby chimp and shout out to to my man justin wren for fight for the forgotten that's the charity that this podcast gives to so thanks for everyone listening so we can support this and so we can give the pygmies a better life and you know the two reasons we went with that on the show one Justin Wren seems like the nicest guy in the world, and Joe has always said that he's the best. Uh, I've talked to him on a on a Zoom call one time because we've been part of the charity, and he really is just such a sweetheart. But also because, the, and I understand why he gives to them. They are really like the poorest people on the planet. And if you're ah. thinking about giving, and there's a lot of great charities, don't get me wrong, you can do a lot of things. You can donate clothes and go to a homeless shelter and a soup kitchen and but I, I just felt like go to the poorest people. And yeah. when you hear that they're being sent off to kidnap chimp babies, it's like these wow. guys are having a rough time. No, I'm, I'm glad that we do that with this, with that particular charity because we know where the money's going for sure. Mm-hmm. Too, too often with these companies, they're owned by somebody and the money does not go where you're putting it. Like if you're given to Gaza right now, which is awesome, that money ends up in Qatar more times than it gets to the people. Or maybe in Hamas hands. And yeah, it's definitely yeah. worth that, looking into yeah, the, the charities, you know, yeah. and knowing where the money's going. And and I and I will one hundred percent vouch. I know a bunch of people that work for Fight for the Forgotten and they are just wonderful people. And I'm we're proud to be able to to do that. So yeah, God bless them. Let's end up with the sex exploitation stuff where they I guess when Mariana looked into this there were a bunch of people in the Philippines that were would connect to people 
often in the U.S., online, send them nudes, get nudes back, and then kind of hack their accounts and threaten to send all of this information out if they didn't give them money. Mm. And sadly, you could imagine that's ruining lives. So please don't fall for that. If anyone contacts you that you don't know, that's a bad move. And, you know, some of these people are committing suicide. And that's brutal. Uh, some of the, I guess, the victims of this exploitation, the the uh, people think they're getting partners, but reality, they're just giving away blackmail material. Mm -hmm. uh, those are the people that are killing themselves. Yes. Oh yeah, that's um, keep it keep it secret, keep it safe. That's what I say when it comes to your what's in your pants. Yeah, that's horrific to hear. And you know, thank God people like her are out there kind of exposing that along the same lines, Joe brought up something to her that she wasn't really aware of. So many of you are familiar with the body exhibit, which is been around now, I don't know how long, 20 years, maybe longer. And it's that um, exhibit where it shows all the veins and capillaries and nerve parts of human beings, mm -hmm. all the muscles. And they're, they're doing different things, playing basketball, tennis, and moving around or they like split the head up. It's pretty gruesome looking, but yeah, it's, it is gross. Back in the day when we would go to it, it was like, oh, this is science and art together. And these people gave their body for science. So, so yeah, it's like proposition to you as not quite as ill, ill, not tempered, but just ill got just fucked up as it turns out to be. And with a little bit of, investigation turns out that there's a good chance allegedly that these bodies came from political prisoners in either russia or china mostly china oh my gosh yeah because the process of these things is they need to be you need to have the body within like 48 hours so if you think about it yeah if it was volunteered stuff you got to move fast to get that done if it's just like you're a donor you pass away they gotta, they gotta get moving quick. Now, if you get to just kill these people, you can have it set up immediately, and that and makes pain. yeah, that makes the potential for this thing so much more gruesome. And the fact that if there's any truth to this, that needs to be looked at immediately with scrutiny, and those things need to be stopped because that's a we need horror DNA show, testing dude. on those on those bodies. We have, we need to get in their bone marrow and figure out who they were. Right. DNA testing. Yeah. But then we can get genetic groups. We could say, oh, these are caucus people or these are Chinese Muslims or, or Indian street urchins or Joe mentioned not I'm not sure he went into it in this podcast, but the uh form he has talked about one woman who ran afoul of another woman and this woman was pregnant and so the she disappeared and then Weeks later, a woman of similar stature with a similar term fetus was found in one of these body exhibits. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. this? They, well, he sp spoke about that in the past, but he also mentioned this at the end of the Mariana one. Um, and he, he has talked about this in the past. So it was some sort of mayor or governor of a place in That's China right. who was having an affair with some reporter right. who, who and got her pregnant. The wife found out who ran the exhibit or the company that makes the bodies, which is even like, we're talking like close ties here. And all of a sudden that lady went missing and this pregnant person popped up in the exhibit. Now that is one of the most horrifying acts of revenge I've ever heard of in my life because she will last forever now. It's just, to fathom that is, it doesn't, it breaks my brain that humans are that apathetic to someone who's not them. Yeah, the that's, other. that's like a twisted Twilight Zone right there. And it, it's a lot to think about. It's a lot to think about. I mean, hey, who knows? Maybe Mariana will do an investigative um, bit of journalism into body exhibit. That would be amazing. Because she could delve right in there, man, and get some info. Or end I up mean, in the exhibit, which we would hope not. Depends how powerful they are. I don't know. You like, like I said, you you have to get insiders, and I don't know if insiders want to stick their neck out like that. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, who knows? A bit of a gruesome one. I mean, look, it's it's worrying to hear what she talks about. It's it. I don't know if it it takes away from my hope in humanity. Uh, I don't think so. It's it's just interesting to hear about, and it's great to have access to people that have looked into these things. Um, it kind of highlights some potential conspiracy theory ideas that we just you know regular media doesn't talk about but it's important stuff i'm glad she does it i'm glad she exists and it's great that her, he has her on what's her tv show again it's called trafficked Tra- it's still going on of yeah course. yeah i think they have a new season now That's I, what she was I filming in one. africa mm-hmm. okay I'll, I'll take that i'll give that a look she seems the real deal oh she's the real deal all right Anyway, that's it for this week. Appreciate it so much. Pete, thanks as always. And thank all of the listeners for tuning in. We will speak to you next week.